Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies and moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast with Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III. I'm so excited to have you once again on this podcast where we try to inspire, to equip, and to expose you to some of the greatest who ever do it in various fields of life to help you know that your dreams too can become a reality if you put God first and continue to believe in yourself. And of course, we are grateful for all of you that have been sharing this podcast with other folks. We hope you'll continue to do that as we want to get this message out of empowerment so people can know no matter where you start in life, it doesn't matter. It's kind of how you end up. And we're thankful for this month. We've had an extraordinary time talking to some of the most amazing athletes on the planet. Of course, this month we've designated as our professional athletes month as we're talking about uh, how they are dealing with COVID-19, how they're working through it, how they are adjusting to this new pandemic and life in their own professional careers. It's also we're learning a lot about their stories and how they arrived at the place where they are. We've been so blessed uh, talking with the NFL uh, Janu Smith, and we've talked to Mookie Betts from Major League Baseball, and we've had a chance to talk to Alicia Clark from WNBA, and my goodness, I am so excited that we are now talking to my friend, my brother, Robert Covington from the National Basketball Association, Houston Rockets, and uh, we're grateful to have him connected on today, and uh, I'm so thankful to have you connected, Rob, and thank you so much for joining Next Level Leaders Podcast, man. Man, thank you for having me, man. This is a matter of time. I know it, right? I know it, man. So, man, let's just start with the obvious, man. How are you doing? How's uh, you should be playing basketball now? Uh, everybody's on edge about what's going to happen, and uh, you know you're in this new team, and y'all on a on a roll here, and uh, all of a sudden we hit a brick wall with with COVID nineteen. And how how are you doing? And how's everybody doing? Everybody on my end is doing well. You know, like you said, it took a turn. You know, everything was starting to you know pick up and like it was at that point where everything was starting to get to you know, the crucial moments like games really mattered I believe we had like 18 games left so overall like things was about to pick up and it was about to be in that stretch where it was going to be games every other day and like you know playoff season was you know crucial because three through three through seven almost was like two games apart, I believe. So it was a tight-knit race. So at any moment, like, a team could sit up here and go from 7 seed to 2 seed to 3 seed to, you know, anywhere in between. So, you know, games is really crucial. But, you know, like you said, with COVID-19, you know, it just put everything on a halt. And, you know, right now, you know, I'm doing well. I've been fortunate enough to, you know, not go crazy through all this hiatus because, like I said, I've had friends and family around, you know, to keep me occupied. And then I have my dogs and, like, other stuff to keep me occupied. But it was, it was for a little while where I didn't touch a basketball. And, you know, I went and bought me a rim to put in my driveway. But it's, it's like it's not the same. So then um, one of my close friends ended up finding a private gym here. And just talking one day, and he was like, man, I'm going to find you one. I thought he was just joking, but 
he actually did. And, you know, I've been able to, you know, get together with him and coordinate to where we can work something out. And, like, I can come in anytime I want and you know, just get shots up and, you know, work out. So, like, that's the plan. Like, I'm about to do virtual workouts uh, with my trainer and just go from there. That way, I, you know, I can kind of get back in shape and, you know, be in some type of shape, depending on, you know, if everything comes back. So, like I said, through all of this, you know, I've been keeping level-headed, you know, staying positive, seeing the brighter side of things, and, you know, just opportunity for people just to really, like, pay attention to the stuff that's going on. Because, like I said, it's real right now. And, you know, y'all got to take this serious because the only way we're going to keep through it is if we really, you know, really lock in and really everyone abides by you know, following everything that they're, they're telling us. So, you know, we just got to keep going. We got to keep pushing. And like I said, we're going to get through it all. We just got to stay faithful, you know, keep believing and, you know, stay stay true to what you've been doing because, like I said, the only way we're going to get through it is if, you know, all believe, so. Wow. Well, you know, man, that ain't nothing new to you because when you think about you know, Robert Coverton and think about your story, man, and how you, your trajectory, your path toward where you are now, has been one of endurance and perseverance and setback. And you know a little about resilience, man. Why don't we talk about that? Like, you know, Robert Covington in this Tennessee State University. Let's start there, you know, <laughs> and uh, plays basketball. And then uh, how does he end up, you know, where he is now? Man, where I ended up, the opportunity, you know, first it came into, you know, being an unsigned senior going into – Going in towards the end of my senior year, um, a lot of people had already chose their school. I didn't pick my school until three weeks before I graduated high school. So I was a late bloomer when it came to decide. Between me and my mother my and my parents, it was just like, you know, hey, it's like you can't keep waiting. You got to, you know, pick a school. And you know, things just didn't feel right. You know, and like the teams that, you know, were talking to me and coaches that were talking to me just didn't feel right. So I went to this showcase, and then that's why I met Dana Ford. And Dana was so persistent in so many ways. But, you know, the one thing that was a little odd about Dana was the fact that he was talking to my parents so much, but he didn't even have the job at Tennessee State first. And he was like, man, I'm going to call you every day, like, just to show you how serious I am, like, everything. And sure enough, once he got the job, them calls stopped because, you know, legally you can only call, you know, twice a week. So everybody showed me. And then he brought down, you know, my head coach at the time, John Cooper, because they, like I said, the whole new staff came in and looked at us. Um, we were supposed to have, like, a, a open gym day, you know, with a bunch of guys. But turns out it was only three on three. And it was literally – three of my teammates and three of my rivalry teammates. So we ended up basically having a little rivalry game, East versus West. And, you know, they came and watched. It was, I think, probably like 20 minutes into it. John Cooper sat up here and told him that, you know, I don't need to see no more. We need, we need to get him on a visit. So, you know, we coordinated everything with that. And then, like, my dad just was like, I was still a little iffy, you know, but I didn't, I didn't know. My dad just was like, what can hurt? Like, you still don't have a school, so, like, just go take the visit. So I went down, took the visit, you know. It wasn't even, by the end of the first day, like, I had called my parents and was like, yeah, I found my school. Like, it just felt right for the moment that I, I walked 
on campus. And like, I just felt, I just felt like this was the right place. John and Coach Coop told me that, uh, look, son, we're not going to give you anything. You're going to have to come in and work for everything because, like I said, we, we changed the narrative of this program. And like I said, that's all I need to hear. I didn't want to be given that because, like I said, throughout my entire career, like I had to give everything. Like I've had to work for everything. So, you know, being, being a program that we went from, we started from the bottom and then we rose throughout the years and to the point where we was one of the best teams in, you know, our conference. And, you know, the, the mid-majors, he's one of the top teams in the country. And my last couple of years, like I said, my coach told me that, you know, he's seen something in me that the right opportunity come, like, I will be a pro. But, you know, me being, like I said, in the NBA, like, it was something kind of, like, far-fetched a little bit, you know. And once I got to, like, my junior year, that, that was the best year of my career. And that's when I really started to believe, like, man, I might have a shot because, like I said, I see my name pop up on, you know, draft boards and going into my senior year. You know, I have been labeled, like, one of the top ten uh, power forwards in the country. And, like, draft boards, I think the highest I've, I've gotten was, like, was lottery almost. And, you know, like I said, that's when I really started to believe, but took a turn, you know, going to senior year. Um, different approach, different coach, um, different dynamic. And, you know, we wanted to keep things the same, but, you know, things just didn't work out. Um, you know, it was a whole, it was a whole different dynamic. So it kind of, you know, frustrated with what we was doing already. I ended up getting hurt. I ended up getting hurt um, halfway through the year. And at that point, like, I didn't know what to do. I told my meniscus, and they told me that um, it would be like a six- to eight-week process. And by that time, it was December 17th, and six to eight weeks would put me anywhere to February. And at that point, that's when, like, the tournament starts. That's when the dynamic of, of, you know, the crucial moment starts. So... I was like, yeah, this basically goes my senior year or whatnot. But through the grace of God and, you know, the hard work and everything, instead of coming back six to eight weeks, I came back in four weeks. And, you know, I was healthy. I was, you know, doing well. And I was able to come back and give me a little rhythm that way I can get some games under my belt before we started turning. Granted, we didn't win. Um, but... It prepared me for the next phase and then um, went through a lot with, you know, agents, whole process, my rookie, my going to the next phase. I didn't get drafted. So, you know, that put another chip on my shoulder. I fell off of all the draft boards. I didn't get drafted. So, like, all these workouts, I went in with a chip on my shoulder. Everything just worked out. Like, it was like it was an underdog story because there were so many people that told me that I couldn't do this that it made me want to do it even more because I wanted to prove you wrong. That's what my drive, my hunger <laughs> came from. Because you tell me that I can't do something that's going to make me work twice as hard to make you realize that I can do it. So we go to the combine, and I didn't get invited at first. And my agent at the time, you know, randomly gets a letter in the mail, and, like, I, I hadn't heard from him. I found out through Twitter that I had got invited because some people had dropped out. We ended up meeting up later that day. He told me to do it, and I'm like, well, I already knew. 
and he was just thrown off a little bit. And I ended up going to the combine, and that's where I started to turn heads because nobody expected me to do what I did. Like, I put my name right back out there. I go through and I finish my workout. I had a, a setback because there was one test that we had to do, the stress the echo test. And it's basically just to see, like, how in condition you are, like, before you get to the point where you get too tired. And I want to test your heart rate and everything. So I got to, you know, doing well. And I got towards the end. So it comes back that my test gets flagged because they said that I had an enlarged heart. So they basically told me at that point, they told my agent that you know, I'll never get to play basketball again. And it's best that I don't. And so that was a devastating blow at the time, you know, because like I said, all I love was basketball. Like that was my true passion. You know, me, I didn't let it break me. I just was like, okay, well, you know, it's something else that, you know, God got in store for me. I had believed in God and, you know, I had taken steps. My junior year is when I really allowed him into my life. Like I grew up knowing God, but like I didn't, you know, really grow up in the word because, like I said, our time was so wrapped around sports that, you know, I never really got really into it. You know, I told my agent was, like, devastated. My parents was devastated. But me and my demeanor, like, I'm just like, man, this is something something new. So um, I get to the, I get to this, this moment where I'm sitting in my mom's room and, you know, something within me is just like, you know, something's not right. And so come to find out, we get a second opinion, have them look at the results. Second opinion realizes that there's a faulty reading, that the machine was broke that I was on. It somehow it had broke during the test. And wow. that's what caused that's what caused the faulty reading. Wow. After we get the reading back and then it comes back that I don't have an enlarged heart, you know, I go and I gotta pick it back up because the draft is in about two and a half weeks. So Literally for two weeks straight, I was literally on the road. I literally had workouts until the day of the draft. So I went in. I had I, I did really well in all my workouts. You know, I turned some heads. So come to draft day, you know, I'm on the phone with my agent. You know, first round goes by. Started the second round. My agent's been on the phone with Philadelphia, and we had talked. And basically, you know, they told me that they were going to take me with their pick. I've gotten excited. I didn't tell nobody. Only people that knew was my dad, my agent, and my advisor. And it comes to where my friend Isaac Cannon gets drafted, and I was about to get drafted right after. So Philly comes up because they had told me that they were going to take me with their pick. So I already, I had already known. And then we get to. You know, it's, it's them up. The pick goes in, like, my heart just, like, racing and pounding because, like you said, it's every kid's dream to hear their name being called. And when they said who their pick was, it wasn't me. And it threw me for a loop, and I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, what just happened? So I called my agent right away. I'm like, what just happened? So we was, like, we were all confused. Like, my agent was trying to call the... The pictures front office couldn't get back to them because, like I said, they was something took a turn for the worse, and it just went from it just went from there. That threw me for a loop. So then my agent comes back, like probably not even 
like 10 minutes later, he had just got off the phone with Houston because they had wanted to take me like late, but then they were just like, we'd rather go undrafted. Uh, we'd rather take them, you know, in the free agency or whatnot. So my agent was like, man, this is, this is good. Like, they have a good program. Like, you can fit in right away. Like, you can work your way up. And they're big at developing players. So I'm like, let's do it. So, you know, I, I go downstairs and I tell my family, everyone's excited, but I know that the work is still not done. I go down there for like a mini camp and then we get ready for summer league. Now, summer league, you know, is an opportunity for you to really showcase everything. So we played four games. Each game, I got better and better. The last game, like I was the lead scorer, rebound. I really showcased my whole skill set. And I played so free and I played so open that Houston sat up here and basically decided they were going to sign me. So that was the first phase. You know, I had done everything right. that I needed to. And literally after some league was over, I was on a plane back to Houston the very next day with the team wow. to go sign my contract with them. Of course, it was it was not guaranteed because I still had to, you know, I had to prove myself. Sure. So sure. I go back um, to Houston. I signed my contract and I ended up going back home for like a couple of weeks. And then a couple of weeks later, I ended up going back to Houston. That way I can start repairing, like, you know, getting ready for everything. Get down there for training camp. Uh, I stayed in the hotel for a bit. And then once the time was up, like, because I didn't know what was going to transpire, I ended up staying with my friend at his house, you know, just because I didn't want to sit up here and get a place. And then I'd be stuck paying rent, you know, just in case I get cut. That was just the smartest thing to do for me at the time. Didn't have any checks coming in. Like, my advisor had me take out, like, a loan just to have money in my account and then like wow. once my checks actually came in that's when i would start paying off this loan because like i said i didn't have any credit coming out of college i didn't have a credit card like i didn't have anything wow. so like i had to start from scratch yeah. so yeah we get to this point where it's the last few days of training camp and said it was starting to get down to the final days and like i was still there so we get to this this moment where it's the last day so, like, I hadn't heard anything. Like, so I'm preparing, I'm preparing for this to be my last day. And I go through the training room. I was like, all right, y'all. You know, I, I, I'll catch you guys around. Like, you know, expecting to, you know, be waived. Because it was down to me and one vet and one other person. And, you know, I, obviously this guy's an established veteran. So, wow. like, more than likely, they're going to go with him. Later on that day, I went back to my friend's house. I started to pack up my stuff and everything and then I get the phone call was like hey just want to let you know and say congratulations you've made the roster and it was like wait what like it was it was a surreal moment it was like yeah <laughs> it you <was>. know <laughs> we've seen you grow the this course of this training camp and that we really love what we see and when at that moment like I knew like wow. man I had the opportunity to really showcase you know, Rob, let me, let me let me say this. One of the things that we've been hearing throughout all of these podcasts with athletes is this incredible resilience and perseverance. And, you know, clearly that moment that it hits, right, that the work is paid off, the ability not to give up, 
to have the right attitude. I'm hearing everything you're saying, and it's just blowing me away because I think often people see the glory but don't know the story. And I want you to share that story because there's so many different themes in what you're talking about. You know, it was a time of disappointment. It was a time of, you know, uncertainty. It was a time of false promises. It was a time of rejection. You know, it was a time where you still had the right attitude, put in the work, and you go straight from where you are and go now to the league. And obviously from Houston and then Philly and then Minnesota, then right back, it's come full circle. I want to ask just a couple of quick questions because I want our listeners to hear this because it's so important when people see you and understand. Tell me quickly how the role of faith, like, you know, your faith has evolved, right? And you've had this moment. Like, and I want you to talk about that because what people need to hear, particularly, you know, in terms of being a human being, right? And how your faith now has has elevated every aspect of your life and, and how did all of that come to be? A friend of ours, Tori, that works for my agency, um, my other friends, too, we all had a talk like probably like two weeks before the first time I came to church, which was August 4th. So I had spent my whole summer focusing on rehab and, you know, making sure my body's right. But like I said, through all this, I still hadn't, you know, taken was one thing missing. And we all had said that, you know, we had wanted to get closer to God. We wanted to step in and take that next step so we can be the best, the best version of ourselves. And, you know, we all wanted to be great, you know, but the only thing is we have to get closer to God. Like, that's the one thing that's missing. And, you know, Brandon has been a big influence in my life. Sean and Phil and all of God and Tori are all big, big influence. And for, these, for them all to say that we all be in agreement on this. It was just, you know, one of the moments where I'm like, man, like, y'all right. So Brandon has said the day was like, um, he's going to get baptized today. And I'm like, we there. So, you know, that day, you know, my, my family was there. Brandon's family was there. Tishon was there. And that time was what changed my life, watching Brandon get baptized seeing him in new light and him actually going through what we talked about. We had had a lot of conversations. Right. And we had talked about how we wanted to be the best version of ourselves, but, you know, we have to be able to be all in. And we have to sit up there and be closer. Like, we have to sit up there and hold ourselves to that certain standard. Right. And so, we, I was like, man, let's do it. Like, mm. I want to get right first before, you know, I, I do the, the baptism. I said, I want to sit up here and work on myself. Like, I don't want to just, you know, do it and then work on my, No, I want to right. sit up here and I want to get my stuff right. together and, yeah. and yeah. you know, yeah. have that next step, you know, because sure. sure. that's, that's a new slate. That's a new opportunity for you to really be all in. Sure. I was like, that's why I, I didn't do it that day. With yeah. That sermon was life-changing for me. Um, like wow. I felt, I felt you was talking to me the entire time. And it was at one <laughs> point where I was standing up for a vast minute and I didn't realize it. And, wow. and my mom, it took my mom to say something to me because the lady behind me couldn't see. <laughs> and I, so I sat back down and then uh, I ended up standing back up again, like unaware yeah, because yeah. I felt like you was talking to me throughout wow. the entire sermon. So I got so, yeah. So yeah. I sat there. I sat there 
for a second and I stood up and then it was just like, when you called, it was like, if anybody has, you know, changed, you know, and are ready to open up their hearts and their minds to our father, David, I was the f- one of the first two people up there. <laughs> That's true. I, I remember that quite well. And the genuineness of that was so powerful. It was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it was, you was talking to me the entire time and I felt my emotions just like coming up out of me and that was what was missing and for you to have that impact on me that this was it like when I said you talk when you was talking like I felt you talking to me the entire time you know man let me let me say this and I you know we got to wrap it up but I I just you know I think that one of the things that is so important in hearing your story and 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 having you on is 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 the, is the journey because I think what people need to understand is that faith is a journey mm-hmm. and it's worked out in different phases and we often go through these different seasons of life and we learn a lot about ourselves we learn a lot about the people around us and we learn a lot about God mm-hmm. and a part of what you've shared with us today man is this idea of you know pushing your way through never giving up being resilient trusting the process knowing that God has something great for your life and then coming to a place where you're being honest with yourself. The, the challenge in this is often for leaders is that we're not honest with ourselves. And you have been a great example of what that looks like. Hey, I'm not myself. I'm, this is something gone awry and I'm in a dark space. I need to get help and address this so that you can come out of that place and use it now as a force for good to help other people through your transparency know that if you put in the work, if you go to counseling, and if you put God first, most importantly, that you come to a place where it's got to be authentic, you realize that all of us have a God consciousness, but it's actually taking that next step to say, be head of my life. And that Matthew, you know, uh, 633 is so important. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. That is so incredibly important because when people do that and understand, I think that's where the real blessings come. Man, listen, I, we can sit up here and talk all day, and I want to have you back because I think that our listeners want to hear more about your story and your journey. And I always give those takeaways at the end because I want people to know when they see a Robert Coverton out there on the court, they need to understand that there's a story but that pushed that. And there's a story in all of us. And a part of that is never losing sight of what made you who you are and never forsaking seasons that may not be as pleasurable as you want, but those seasons were a part of developing you into the person that you have become. So man, I am thankful to God beyond for you being a part of this podcast series, man. And you are a gift to the world and you are a gift to us and uh, we just hold this moment very, 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 very high uh, because we know that you have so much going on. But for you to take the time to be a part of this podcast series, it means everything to us. We hope you'll come back. Oh, I'll definitely be back. You know, <laughs> I, you, you know me. I'll definitely be back. Like I appreciate said, it's, it. It's a, lot, it's a lot more that you know people don't know. Yeah. Said, My story is inspiring, like in all aspects. Like Beyond, from the, yeah. From a kid that, you know, went from not being, you know, given an opportunity to work in his way and, you know, establish himself to where he is in his own category of players and throughout the league. And like I said, the way they come from is just hard work, dedication, commitment. And it doesn't matter where you go. Like, you can be fine. Like, you, there are gems out there that don't get discovered because of just the, not the right opportunity. 
And I was like I said, I was blessed to be in certain situations that put me on this certain stage. And uh, like I said, it's so much more that you know I'm willing to share. I want you to share it. Our, our listeners want to hear it. We really do, man. And we we thank you, man. And I'm going to have you back because I want to hear about that mental health piece. And I want you to help us walk through that even more. Oh, and Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, Robert. And we appreciate you, man. And we're pulling for you out there, man. And I uh, hope y'all can get back out on that court. Whenever, whatever kind of form it looks like, uh, we hope that it all happens for you, man. And thank you for being a part of Next Level Podcast. And thank all of you for tuning in today. And thank you for listening. You've been inspired. I already know. My mouth was wide open. I was sitting here like, wowzer. This was amazing. And uh, I hope that you continue to inspire others as you're being inspired. Thank you again. And uh, we will catch up with you all next time. Be blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or whatever podcast or download it. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at josephwalker3. I look forward to connecting with you.